Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, everyone, welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock, and uh, this is our Friday betting show. We make uh, picks against the spread. I am joined by none other than Chris Rabon from the Action Network. I've been on I've been on a bunch of your podcasts. I think we do the we do the fantasy flex like twice a year, but uh, this is your first time coming on my podcast. So I really, really appreciate uh, the time. Every time someone is willing to give up time on their Friday to come on to this podcast, I'm so grateful for it. Oh, nah, man. Davis, thanks for having me. You know, we uh, we go back to when DFS was not as big in this industry to, to when... Uh, no, no. We've been grinding this for a long time, buddy. Yeah, man. So I'm happy to come on and uh, let's get to it. Let's get this money. All right, so uh, so the format of this Friday show very simple. We are making uh, we're just making picks against the spread, going from our least confident to uh, to our most confident pick. And uh, my this is this is a true story. My most confident pick every four of the six weeks has been the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, spoiler alert, it's also going to be my most confident pick this week. But I will go ahead and get things started. Fifth most confident for me is San Francisco minus nine and a half over Washington. And for me, this one is, uh, this one's pretty simple, which is that most teams, when they go into that shell, you know, they're up 10 points, they're up two touchdowns. It's actually, it's kind of hard for them to score. Cause when you think about the teams that are really great on offense, we're thinking the Rams, we're thinking the chiefs, we're thinking the Patriots, those teams actually kind of suck at running the ball. It, they, they're actually pretty bad at it. So those teams are kind of vulnerable up 10 points or 14 points. That that is not true with the San Francisco 49ers. If they're up 10 points on this Washington team, they're probably going to score, and they're definitely just going to grind that Washington defense. It just is straight up into a pulp. This this one seemed like if this was like seven, it would be probably like my second most confident, but nine and a half is, is a pretty good number, I think, for San Francisco against Washington. Yeah, you make a good point about like it just being hard to cover this number because this is something uh, we've actually talked about on the, on the Action Network uh, betting podcast, but underdogs by 9 to 10, uh, according to BetWebs, going all the way back to 2003. And it's not a very popular number, to be honest, but uh, underdogs cover that have covered that 38 to 45 times. That's just absurd. Um, and I think that's a good reason why. So uh, hopefully the 49ers um, come through for you. I, I don't think I'm going to touch that game. For the first game um, that I'm picking, I'm going with the 
uh, New Orleans Saints uh, plus three. Uh, I against, love this one. Yeah, against the Chicago Bears. And here's why. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of talk about who's playing, who's not playing for the Saints offense and, and kind of thinking about it from the lens Yeah, of, but who cares, though? Right. It's because it, the Saints, the Bears offense has problems. I mean, their offensive line, they just put Kyle Long on IR. They're the worst run blocking team in the league. Their running backs are averaging under three yards a carry. The Saints have uh, a, a number of people on the defensive line, Davenport, Rankins, Jordan, who can give them problems. And usually during a bye, you get this stuff corrected, but they're getting injured. Their line is not cohesive. Teddy Bridgewater always gets underrated. Sean Payton always gets underrated in these spots. Uh, Payton uh, has it's now 29 and 21 on the road as an underdog. Teddy Bridgewater overall um, against the spread is 27 and 7. So this is a spot where I think the market is going to be able to sleep on the, on the New Orleans Saints because they're going on the road. One of my one of my like biggest things overall is I really don't like to bet on bad quarterbacks and I really don't like to bet on bad coaches and I do really like to bet on good coaches and good quarterbacks and I think I think if you just took all of this all of the noise outs you know uh, like like you weren't even looking at like DVOA for these teams you weren't even looking at expected points you were just saying okay who has the better quarterback and by how much I I think that there is a you you could at least come close to 50-50. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't beat the rake betting that way, but I think you could get pretty close. And this is a situation to me where uh, New Orleans probably has the advantage at quarterback and for sure at coaching. So I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I And also another thing is I don't really care about home road, uh, and that stuff definitely does influence lines. But isn't it like uh, home teams this year have like a losing record, and it's like one of the first times in NFL history that that has been the case. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's a couple of things. First, I think that whole thing about the three-point home field advantage is somewhat of a lie. I really think it's more like two and a half, and then books want you to think it's three, so you bet on the favorites too much. Um, but also, you know, it factors in sometimes more than others. If you have a bad offensive line, it's a little easier at home because it, those big guys don't have to travel. They get more call. It's, it's easier to not get calls at home because you can do things with your protections. But, yeah, like you mentioned, the Saints don't really have any of these issues. And guess what? They've lost now. They've lost – Four times since the start of last, including the postseason since the start of last year. One of those was the blown call. One of those was week 17 last year. Uh, and one of those was the game that Drew Brees went out this year. That's it. That's the only time they've lost since the start of last year. Yeah, they are They are really good. And I, I, the Bears just aren't, right? The, the Bears are just not a very good team. And, and I, think it, I think, again, like, you know, I've actually I've actually heard this too that uh, that kind of like old school betters tend to do better in uh, they tend to do better in NFL than they do in NBA and baseball because there there's just a little bit more that uh, you know just doesn't quite get in the the modeling yeah. that is yep. for the other one so I think things are sort of similar to like the Saints just are not going to lose to the Bears they're they're just not going to you know what I mean yeah it's yeah. it's especially this time of the year there are I think what trips people up. What trips people up more than, you know, being able to be amazing with models and numbers and stuff is like you have these groups of people, you have the regular public that's going to be too recency biased and not know how to incorporate new, like enough information and they're just going to go on last. Right. Week. You have these like quote unquote sharp betters or at least big money betters, people have been doing this, but they're kind of stubborn. They're like overly stubborn in there and they're now like, oh, well, I have this team one point rated better. And so based on my thing, it's like, well, yeah, if that's cool. But if you were also wrong about the three other teams they played this year, then your whole strength of schedule is like, you know what I mean? So it's like, this is a good time of year to kind of just go with what you, you know and not try to pay too much attention, like following it too hard one way with like the sharp money or following it too hard with like the, the, the models. Like just 
go with what you know, make sure it makes sense. And then I think you'll have a lot of success at this time of year. Yeah, I, I think all of that is pretty reasonable. Okay, my number four selection, I'm actually curious what side of this you like, but it is Baltimore plus three and a half. So right now, right now, the narrative with Lamar Jackson is that he crushes when he's ahead and when the team trails, he just does not do as well. And I think that one, just any kind of narratives about young quarterbacks, like what we've, we've seen 14 games from Lamar now. So I just, I, I, I'm, I don't really want to wager on narratives for a guy who I haven't seen a full season of. And two, I actually think Baltimore, which, and I never thought I'd say this about Harbaugh and his coaching staff. I actually think they are closer to calling optimal game plans than pretty much any other team with a running quarterback I've ever seen. They, they have like this great mix of knowing when to let Lamar run, knowing when to tell him to take shots, knowing when to start to give it to the running backs. And they've also started to rotate Justice Hill and Gus Edwards in, so they're not just giving you know Mark Ingram these horrible three yards and a cloud of dust carries. I, I think Baltimore can actually just win this game outright. Yeah, it's, I, think, I think all of those things are true. I like from a confidence standpoint, I'm not, this is kind of a toss up for me because uh, one of the things, and I talked to Stucky about this cause he's all over Baltimore and um, you know, I, I bet on Seattle against the, the Browns and he thought it was the wrong move. And I, I thought it wasn't, um, but I think Russell Wilson just in this equation always, yeah, him he, and does, the he throws, man, he throws a massive wrench. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's hard because it's hard to model it like specifically down. It's, you to, okay. you can't just put like the God equation into your model, right? Cause that's what <laughs> yeah. Russell Wilson is. It's just like, he, he does, if, if any other quarterback, like I think if Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, I think are the only quarterbacks who could just overcome what Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer do every week. Yeah. And, and to be fair, like I, I think that Schottenheimer gets a little too much, like he gets ridiculed a little too much because the bottom line is, um, like his whole career, he's been just given the worst quarterbacks. I mean, you're talking about Mark Sanchez. Uh, you're talking about Jeff Fisher and whoever they put out there, Sam Bradford, all those guys. Like, and then last year, he has the worst offensive line. And, and they find a way to like run and, and pass and be successful enough. And now, like, now they're passing a lot more. So like, I don't think he's like retarded when it comes to, to game planning and calling. I think there are things that they could do better. But um, the thing for me is that I think it, like with Marquise Brown out, it is going to be tougher. Um, to it, is, it is harder. It is harder for them to create space yeah. on offense without Marquise Brown, for sure. And but like, so that's kind of why it's a toss up for me because Seattle's not as good as their five and one record indicates. But definitely, you know, Reed back. Um, they play a lot of coverage on defense, so it's not like like I don't think Lamar like he'll no, he'll run, but it's it's like can he complete those deep balls that really separate. Um, the Ravens and give them something to work with, like a lead to work with, or is it going to be like one of those Pittsburgh games? Because then I don't know if like Seattle, you know, gives them that advantage of like going to overtime and blah, 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 they could win. So like, I, I think it's the right play at three and a half at three. I probably just stay away uh, completely. Um, so wait, we're up to number four, right? I'm going yeah, yeah. at number four with, let's see who we got here. Oh yeah. I want to take the, do I want it is it is it is kind of a tough slate yeah like I have I have like definitely for the four bets I made I'm just trying to look in um because there's another one that I'm kind of waiting on the lines for to see what they do but you know what I'm gonna go number four with the Oakland Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, they're still, okay. at plus, yeah, because they're still at plus four and a half. And I think this is another one of these things where 
the Packers are clearly good on defense. We know that. Uh, on offense, they are good when they have all of their weapons healthy. When they are not, they are – you look at their success rates and their kind of metrics and – they're okay. They're, they're going to be good at running the ball, but so are the Raiders. The Raiders are getting healthier uh, on the O-line. They're getting healthier on defense. The only real issue they have right now is Tyrell Williams, but um, the Packers have the same amount of issues. And I think this kind of sets it up as a similar game to the Bears game where um, the Raiders, they're not going to – pressure is not going to bother them as much because they, they set up to kind of avoid that anyway. Derek Carr hates pressure. So they get the ball out quick. They run the ball well. Um, and this spread is still looks sitting at five, four and a half. Uh, I think that those are dead numbers, as in you don't really care about what, where it is in those. Like, it's so – I like this at anything higher uh, than – you know, three and a half or higher. If the Packers are getting more than a field goal, I don't think they should in this spot because I don't think this team at currently constructed – Aaron Rodgers not as good um, – is anything more than maybe a half point better uh, than the Raiders. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in, and and Aaron Rodgers playing with a bunch of backup running, uh, backup wide receivers that he's just going to be pissed off at the whole game. <laughs> you know, you know, at least three times he's going to be yelling at Darius Shepard or, or Jake Kumarov, like you know they weren't in the right spot. I mean, honestly, I think if all these wide receivers weren't hurt, if Adams and MBS and Allison were all healthy, Darius Shepard would have been cut after that drop. He would have he would have gotten back to his locker after that game and Rodgers would have just had him, you know, had him pack in the bags. It would have been, it would have been a tough scene. I, I, I like that one a lot. The Raiders are, the Raiders are better than six points worse than the Packers. Uh, wait, who's your guy? If they, they only had um Jeff Janis, bro. Yeah, man. I knew I, I was, I was like, it's, I knew it. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible watching all of these like just n- bad players, right? Like just watching all of these stone bad players on all of these teams, like, uh, like, Darius Shepard is not good. Uh, Lazard, Lazard's kind of interesting, but yeah, I, I do, I do totally agree. I, I think, I think Oakland five and a half is definitely the right side of uh, that game. I, it would not even surprise me if Oakland won like outright either. Yeah, I have, a, I have kind of a model that I use, you know, to to tell me when like money lines are a good bet. Like you know, because most money lines, the value is going to be picking the underdog, so it's going to be less than a 50-50 bet anyway. So you're kind of trying to find out like when is the optimal time to still bet them. And like Oakland is essentially the number one team popping of like, this is like the most likely underdog to win versus what the current money line is like the highest probability. So um, I might, I might, I might just jump on their money line. Cause I think this line is going to, going to kind of probably come down and those are dead numbers anyway, like I mentioned. So I might jump on the money line. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Okay. My number three, this line seems crazy to me. The, the Los Angeles Chargers, either plus two, plus two and a half, or plus three. I, I see all three numbers right now uh, across the board. I, I don't care. I think all of them, I mean, obviously you'd, you'd want three, but I, I think it's fine at two. Uh, over the Tennessee Titans, this is a team that scored zero points last week, benched their quarterback who came in, did continued the streak of scoring zero points. I just, even against the, uh, like against another bad team, like, I don't – how are the Titans favored over anybody? It, this, again, I think this is another one of those is, issues where it's these old-school, like, bookmakers, sharp – like, sharps who – who because everyone – like, for, f- to my surprise, people were not on the Broncos last week. I was oh, they were, they, were my, they were my number – they were my number two last week, my number two most confident one. I think, that's, I think that's smart because I – like, and don't get me wrong, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. Like, I'm three and one betting against the Broncos this year and want to know when I backed them that one time against the Titans. It's like, you know, the Broncos tend to perform poorly. They're not really good on offense. Passing matters so much compared to just all the other 
things that go into what decides a game, like passing. It, you know, it's more important than running. It's more important than run defense, all that. So, yeah, the Titans, they go last week. They get shut out. And everyone's kind of overrating the Broncos. And now everyone wants to bet on the Broncos against the Chiefs and blah, blah, blah. And, and as a result, because the Chargers also blew a game to the Broncos, um, now it's like this it's like effect of like, well, the Chargers blew that game, then they blew the game to the Steelers and the Titans. Like everyone's kind of lumping them in together when you're right. The Chargers are clearly the better team. They're um, so much better. They're so much better. It's crazy. Like even a bad Chargers team is better than a good Titans team. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's a classic example of like the public, I don't think they want to touch the game because it's not getting a lot of bets. Um, if you just look at, like we have the, uh, the amount of bets that each game is getting. It's not getting too many bets, but like Philip Rivers, this is the Chargers thing. They always blow it. They always blow it when they're a favorite. Like, they, you know, they never right. win the games they're supposed to. They, they have no home field advantage. But when, they're, when Rivers has been a road dog throughout his career, uh, 34 and 20 against the spread, uh, with three pushes and then when they're a road underdog the philip rivers a road underdog coming off at least one against the spread loss so it could be one it could be a streak of two or more 21 six and one against the spread they are winning about 78 of those 78 uh, percent. so i don't think it's gonna like unless you got like a, a book that's like charging a different juice i don't know if it's really ever going to be a true three like minus one plus three minus 110 because i think the books took too much like they don't want to get middled um because they opened that that's I think, that's they, what it is at fa- that's what it is at FanDuel. take the two and a half i would I, like I, I talked about this on the pod it was actually my uh, my number one pick, and I, I said, yeah, if, like, I'm holding out for that two and a half. I, I don't think I'll get the three, but um, the two and a half I think is perfect because I can't – at worst, let's say the Chargers blow it. I can't see them, like, not scoring a touchdown backdoor with a chance to tie with the two-point conversion. I mean, they scored the last 17 against Pittsburgh. They just dug himself in a hole because Philip Rivers wanted to throw the ball backwards to his, the running back he shouldn't be throwing to at all. So, um, right. I like – Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, there we go. Okay, what is uh, – what's your number three? Uh, number three, so – for number three, I am going to go with – okay, so here, here's a – you know, it's an ugly one. It's a disgusting one, but it's one I, I already made. Um, was, di- didn't know if it was going to move the other way a little bit. It's kind of stay where it is, but uh, Miami plus 17 against Buffalo. Listen, um, you know, Miami's bad. I'm fine. Just like 17 points is too much in the NFL. It's too much, I, and it's, but it's yeah. too much. It's one thing to have 17. Like, let's say it was the Patriots and the total was like 49 or something. Okay. But, like, it's, it's the Bills. The total is 40 and a half. It's just really difficult to, like, create that much separation and hold it throughout the game when it's a low-scoring game. I mean, the Bills, 12-4 uh, and four to the under with Josh Allen at QB. So they're not a team that necessarily puts up a lot of points. And you look, they actually played a bunch of the worst teams in the NFL this year. Not quite as bad as Miami, granted. But uh, the Giants, when they were at, like, peak Eli's last start – defense had given up 17 of 18 for like 400 um, yards to the to Dak Prescott and they won 28 14 so they still won four by 14 they beat the Bengals by four uh they beat Jets by one and you know and, and so it's like the Bills are gonna play the same type of game they're gonna they're, they have nothing deep they give up nothing you know down the field and you have to kind of manage uh Josh Allen and he could always turn the ball over and give Miami free points so it's, it's that's the big one, thing but, is he uh, he's so yeah. turnover prone I can't imagine laying 17 with uh with him like that's wild yeah uh, so 16 plus underdogs uh just it's so rare that it's hard to even get a sample size for this but um they do cover more often than not about 20 and 16 going back to to 03 so I mean it's just one of those it's it's a trend that I would expect to continue long term because it's just it's just too many points. 
Yeah. All right. I'm, I am, uh, I'm very on board with that one. Okay. My, uh, my number two, I had it, I had it pulled up right here. Oh, it is, uh, Jacksonville, either, uh, either minus three, minus three and a half or minus four. It's, it's different at a bunch of different books. And I, you know, it's just got to give all the numbers. I, I probably would go all the way to five and a half on this one. I think, uh, Cincinnati's bad. This is actually, this is a true story. This is the worst year of Andy Dalton's career in terms of YPA. He's never been worse than he's been this year. I mean, rookie Andy Dalton, playoff Andy Dalton, he's never been worse than this sample of what we're seeing from him right now. The offensive line is horrible. They just suspended their left tackle for this game. So it's just like, it's just, it's just a bad, bad scene for, uh, for Andy. And uh, something I love to do is I love to, uh, like, I get ahead of the market is way too arrogant, but like bet, bet against teams that are on the way down and bet for teams that are on the way up basically. Yeah. I mean the Bengals, listen, if this was a, a game where like, first of all, they should suspend their entire offensive line, even the guys have been playing because they've been playing horribly. Second, like this is a line where maybe you think about it. If, um, if they're healthy, if their left tackle is not suspended, and if they had any cornerbacks, because they, they what it was like Kirkpatrick's go out, uh, Jackson's out. Are I think they're starting Tory McTire, uh, James, and, and some other guy. Like they're, uh, I think it's BW Webb. Like they're starting complete replacement level corners at all three spots. And this Jags team has run in. And again, I think it goes back to people over and underrating other teams' opponents at this time of the year because we haven't, we don't have a large enough sample size. It's like, oh well you know, Jacksonville only put up 13 or scored six points against the Saints. And it's like, well, the Saints are actually pretty good and people are just underrating them. So, yeah, I think, you know, this is, a, this is one that – another one that not a lot of people are touching, so it's probably not going to balloon um, that high up. And I think the Jags uh, are the right play in the game, given all the, the injuries to the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm totally on board with that. What's uh, – what's, uh, okay, what's your number two? We've got two left. Uh, number two for me is going to be uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, plus three. Well, and to see the thing is because now it's, it's pretty much down to 2.5, two and a half at like most spots. Um, I got it at three. Um, if you can still get it at three. I think, I think it's, it's the play till two actually because – all right, let's put it – I'll put it this way. If, if home field is three points and you expect – um, you say you, you compare these two teams. Like I, I would say that the, the Eagles are at least a point better than the Dallas Cowboys. Like they're just a better team. Um, that that's my opinion of the Eagles. Um, they they've they've kind of suffered through some injuries, but you they think are that the help. Eagles are are straight up a better team than Dallas? Yeah, absolutely. Like without, I can't I can't I can't possibly be objective about this. I uh, I, I honestly have no idea who is who is actually better. <laughs> my my supposition is probably that Dallas is better, but it might not matter because they are playing so poorly, like, on purpose. Yeah, I know. Well, I think – and here's the thing. Like, all right, with preseason, like, I, I think a lot of people – I think the thought – the general consensus was Dallas was better. I mean, that uh, Philly was better. That, that Philly was better. better. Yeah, right. Then they suffer this rash of injuries, which always seems to happen to them at at cornerback. At, uh, at like, for every year they – Every year. Yeah. Every year. But – um, they also suffer this rash of injury at like pass catcher and whatever not. Uh, meanwhile, everyone's like, hey, Dallas has this really easy schedule. And they did. They played Giants, Eli Giants. They played uh, Miami and they played Washington. They struggled with Miami at, for half of that game. Um, Washington, they pull away at the end. And then they lose to the Jets. So it's like, in my opinion, like I think what, what we saw in the preseason is actually correct. Dallas is – uh, better the second best team in the NFC East, not the first. So 
I would have this as, uh, you know, the Eagles better by a point, which means it should be a two-point spread. But books always are going to open Dallas a little inflated because the public loves to bet on Dallas. However, so much sharp money came in on the Eagles. Right now it looks like it's up to 80 – there's 80 – five percent of the money on the eagles uh despite only 69 percent of the bet tickets so that essentially forced them to move it to two and a half because the books like they almost never want to move a line off the key number of three especially uh to two and a half for for a home favorite because the public is usually all over dallas but for whatever reason they're not and i think it's a, it helps dallas now that obviously it looks like people are going to play for them, them that were banged up like uh tyron smith and amari and those guys but um, i still think the eagles are a better team they're getting healthier as well yeah, I, I I will not be betting this one, but I just don't. I don't. I don't bet. I've learned my lesson betting on and against teams that I want to win. So I I I, I probably like the Dallas side more, but objectively, Philadelphia is like a better coach team, um, and and that that matters a lot. Oh yeah, I mean, here's a stat for you, uh, Jason Garrett, oh, dude. Just it's as a whole- they're all the Dallas coaching stats are bad as <laughs> as a home favorite. Jason Garrett is 19, 31, and 1. Uh, he, 38% cover rate against the spread over a 50-plus game sample. Um, so this is the time usually you want to bet against them. And then when no one trusts them and, and, they, and they blow, they're kind of like the Chargers almost. It's like when no one trusts them, they'll probably go on the road and like beat a better team. Yeah, that, that is, that is, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of what they do. Okay, my number one pick, listeners to the show, they already know what's happening. Arizona plus three against the New York football giants. I mean, Kyler being a dog to Daniel Jones is just, it's wrong, dude. I don't care how bad Arizona's defense is. I don't care the, the West to East. I just, I just do not care. He is so much better than Daniel Jones is. Would you have that opinion if they get rolled? Like if Arizona gets rolled, yeah, like like well, on, like offensively, like let's say the Daniel Jones just like completely out, like they just outplay. I think he will. I I think I think this game is a good bet for the over, and yeah. I I think that uh, I think that both are like I I I actually have a much higher opinion of Daniel Jones now than I did six months ago. Same. Um, I I just I think that Kyler is already like the ninth best quarterback though. Like, and, and I think that they're also they're one of these games, they're just going to run at expectation in terms of touchdowns. They have, they have not yet met their touchdown. They're like a, like a league average touchdown rate in any game. Even they scored 34 points last week and Zane Gonzalez still had four field goal attempts, I think, which is like, it's just like, it's nuts. How how much, they are not scoring touchdowns. So I, I think as long as Kyler is going to be getting points, I'm just going to keep taking them. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely all over him against the Falcons last week. I don't know how you don't take him as like that home dog. Like this one, I'm not like as confident as you. I think, I think the line is a little more correct than we think just because like Daniel Jones, like we, we've seen these really good flashes and then he plays the Patriots defense and the, the Vikings defense and the Patriots defense, uh, mostly without a lot of his top weapons, especially Saquon so I just don't know I don't have a good framework really to judge the viability of Jones compared to like the Cardinal defense and then they have Patrick Peterson back it's like it's just all these factors that like probably when I'm not betting I think if you do bet you have to take the three points with Arizona because I don't think there's like a clear separation um, between these teams to where you're just like weighing points with the Giants just because they're at home but um, yeah I'm I'm a little less confident just because like I haven't I don't really have anything to go off of for a lot of factors that I think are going to determine this game. 
Um, but my number one pick is the pick you already mentioned, and that's how confident I am in it. I'm going with the Chargers plus two and a half, uh, plus two if you if you can if you can only get it there. But you know, again, I think this is just a case of the market misvaluing a bunch of teams and everyone is like you know hey look at them look how badly they played like the whole point of betting is like you said you want to get ahead of what's going to happen next it doesn't matter what already happened and how a team is playing like if the Chargers have these games every year where they just blow games every team does really unless you're the Patriots or like the one or two other good teams of like the Saints haven't really done it in a while um you're gonna blow a couple of games that are just like completely it's just it makes you just scratch your head um, and the Chargers have done that twice in a row. I think both times you could point to, to things that, that um, kind of gave you red flags. Like in the Pittsburgh game, the, the, the Chargers O-line, the defensive front was completely overmatched uh, the Chargers O-line for, that, for Pittsburgh. And um, in, in, in the Denver game, it's, you know, the Chargers, you know, a game they should win against a team that's desperate for their first win and just gave up a bunch of yards on the ground. And, like, they, they change everything up. So – you know, Tennessee, they just don't have it to me, like you said. Like, they just don't. They, they suck, dude. They, they're just a bad team. It's because they're bad at passing. That's really the thing. Because it's like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Their defense is fine. Like, their defense right now is actually playing better than the Chargers. I'll give them that. It's fine. It's, it's the fact that passing, you pass on two-thirds of your plays. So, like, when you have – and if you get down, you just – you have to pass to get back in it. So, if you can't pass, it just exacerbates and all the other issues you have, and it minimizes your advantages – uh, in any other area. And so, yeah, like that, that's really the thing. They're 31st in early down pass success rate. Ryan Tano had a, a worse QBR in his little time in the game um, than Mariota did last week. And the one issue with, you know, the big issue with Mariota is under pressure. He's going he's gonna to take a lot of sacks. The quarterbacks, it doesn't matter. Your offensive line, bad or good, you're going to get pressure on a certain number of dropbacks. Mariota took sacks on 35% of those. Uh, last year, he led the league at 29%. You know who was number two? Ryan Tannehill. So, you know, both of their tackles aren't playing well right now, Luan and Conklin. Um, and, you know, what's going to happen when Joey Bosa or and those guys, like, the, 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 when they come off the edge, it's just going gonna to be the same deal. So, yeah, I, I feel good about the Chargers. Again, 21-6 and six, uh, coming off and against the spread loss when they go on the road and are an underdog. This is the time you want to buy in. Yeah, they, it's just they, – these are these – are, it's just simple. Like, this is – it just I, I wish every week I wish they I wish they could all be like this. We're just yeah. like, oh, the better team's getting points against an awful team with a quarterback controversy. Like, okay. <laughs> like are, yeah, are we really betting against Philip Rivers, Keenan Allen, Austin Ecker, uh, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, uh, you know, all those guys, uh, on you know, against a team that doesn't even know which is their better quarterback. Like, really? Just because they're on the road and they have no home field advantage? Like, really? That's what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, there we go, man. That's going to do it. I like it, man. I think, uh, I think we're going to go 10-0, and 0 and uh, your listeners are going to get a lot of money. Yeah, get that, get that money. All right, tell people about what you have going on over at uh, Labs and Action Network, bro. Yeah, so um, actionnetwork.com, that's where my betting content comes out. I'm usually writing up uh, mismatches for at, least, uh, for at least three, usually four of the games, uh, my favorite picks of the week. That's actionnetwork.com slash NFL. And then on fantasylabs.com, uh, doing all of the DFS breakdowns, so the main slate and all of the showdown slates Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And you can also catch me on Sirius XM Fantasy Radio uh, from 10 to 11 Wednesday through Friday and on Twitter at Chris Raybon. Yeah, there we go. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us this week, boys, and uh, good luck. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.